Hey everybody, welcome back to The Process. I'm Nick Veronica. We got my best friend, Charlie Bukowski, on the other side of the mic. Charlie, this was an emotional Buffalo Bills game, a disappointing loss in week one, but we got to take this right off the top and just say, this podcast is not called Nick and Charlie's Hot Take Factory, okay? This is called The Process. We are here to trust the process, and above all, we need to to kind of pump the brakes a little bit, so... It's a disappointing loss to the Jets. There's a ton to, to talk about, a ton to work on, some some recurring issues there that are becoming more and more worrisome. But at the same time, Charlie, I think the Bills could maybe take a page out of Aaron Rodgers' playbook and relax. What do you think? Well, you know, I think that if we were to start a second podcast, I think Nick and Charlie's hot take uh, podcast is not a half-bad podcast to have, but... <laughs> But let's be honest, we are not known for our overreactions on this podcast. This is the process. We know that it's a process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I you have that, them. I, my, I get them on text. You just you, uh, <laughs> you do a nice job restraining yourself as a, as a man of good faith over here. You know how to keep, keep, the, uh, keep the levels in check. Well, Nick, it's like when I'm coaching hockey and I'm coaching the kids and I tell the kids and, and their parents, look, I got a 24-hour rule. You can... You know, don't say what you don't want to say until after 24 hours. So I get it all out to you over text within like 20 seconds of the game being over. And then I'm done. That's all I got to say. You know, we, we were talking about possibly doing like a post game podcast Monday night. I think we both text each other fairly quickly. Like, yeah, I don't think so. That's not going to be a great one to do. <laughs> so uh, I think it was a good decision. It gave us a few days to settle down. I am. Over it, I actually was just watching before I put on one of the greatest sitcoms in the history of TV. Uh, I was just watching the Bills Jets game back on uh, uh, on NFL Network a little bit. So uh, I feel like about, I'm okay. Talking about Friends or Seinfeld or what? What do we? What are we I talk about everybody loves Raymond, Nick. Everybody that, loves Raymond. That's an underrated show, honestly. You underrated. Know, I, it's, uh, underrated. We're, we're a CBS station over Channel 4, and you know, all across the walls, there's posters of every all these CBS shows. And you go upstairs, there's a there's an Everyone Loves Raymond uh, picture, and it's it's the Thanksgiving episode, and they're holding the turkey. How could you not just laugh through this entire show? It's one of the best shows on TV. Uh, you know, Raymond didn't work, didn't seem to work very hard for being a sports reporter. Just saying. Hey, but you know what? There's always some Flutie flakes sitting on top of the fridge. So hats <laughs> off to them on, with the Flutie flakes. Um, but, you know, looking back on the game, there was definitely a lot of, you know, I would say a full roller coaster of emotions throughout that game. A lot of hype going into the game. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers going down on the third play of the game was just unbelievable. Yeah, the start, you know, the Bills got good pressure at the start. You're talking on, on defense or on offense? I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers going down with the fourth, yeah, the fourth yeah. play of the game. Yeah, it's just um, just unbelievable way to go down, and you know you're you're all hyped up going into the game. You're playing one of the best uh, best quarterbacks to ever play the game, future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. My nerves were at an all time high. All of a sudden, my nerves died down, and I am a calm, cool, and collected cucumber over here, <laughs> watching Zach Wilson run out on the field. And I look at my wife. My wife looks at me, and she goes, "I'm going to bed. Buffalo's going to win this game." So okay. Good night, and I agreed with her. And then the emotions started coming back with one Josh Allen interception and then two Josh Allen interceptions. 
And then three Josh Allen interceptions. Mm. And if that wasn't bad enough, let's throw a fumble in just to put the cherry on top of the cake. Um, and then obviously we know how the game ended with the big punt return. I yelled a few obscenities at the TV, uh, shut the TV off, and then proceeded to listen to all the drunken fools post game on WGR. And I, I feel for for friend of the podcast Nate Geary post game having to take some of those calls that he takes after a Monday night game. So, I mean, where do you even want to start? I mean, it was encouraging initially. The pressure was awesome. The first, the first series. I mean, that was, that was the big storyline for coming into the year for the jets was will Aaron Rodgers be back to MVP form? Is the offensive line good enough? And do they have secondary options behind Garrett Wilson? And immediately, the Bills made it seem like that O-line is going to be a problem. They're getting great pressure. I mean, Rodgers, it was, it was heavy pressure on all three dropbacks, if you want to include the one that was called back by penalty. So mm-hmm. his, his singular throw for the Jets was a desperation throwaway. Uh, and then he got injured right after that. And, and, yeah, I mean, you never want to see anyone get hurt. And you're thinking – how quickly can people bet on the Bills? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, the, Zach Wilson, are you serious? This guy was a, one of the worst statistical quarterbacks we, we had seen last year. And yeah. he's, he's coming in after not taking first-team reps all summer. Like, this is, you know, the Jets have a good defense. It's, you know, nothing's easy in, in the NFL. But you had to be, I don't know. I, I, you know, I said that jokingly about, about the, the betting. But I would have loved to see, you know, what did the odds shoot to the moment Rodgers was confirmed out? Well, how about that bar in Wisconsin that was offering free beer uh, if Aaron Rodgers Incredible. lost? And, yeah, I mean, can you imagine going to that bar and seeing Aaron Rodgers go down and just driving up your bar tab to be like – Yeah, and it's not just Rodgers. I think I, think I saw it. It's, it's just the Jets, the Jets period, to and they're going to keep yeah. doing it all season. If, so if you didn't well, see it, you part go of the to the rule, bar. Yeah, go part ahead. of the rule was Aaron Rodgers has to start the game. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So it sounds like it's done now because Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. will not be starting any more games. Yeah. So the bar, you know, near Green Bay where he left, said, "You come here. If he if Rodgers loses, you drink for free." And people thought, like, "Oh man, we're you know running up the tab." Jets came back and won, and they all had to pay. <laughs> it's unbelievable, but. You know, you talk about the defense, and I think let's t- let's start with the good, right? I think let's talk about the defense. I thought the pass rush looked really good. Uh, Leonard Floyd did a really good job in that role of Von Miller. Um, you know, I will say the the cut blocks that the Jets tried were obviously not working. If you remember on the first drive alone, uh, Greg Rousseau got home on a, on a cut block that missed, and then obviously Leonard Floyd got by on a cut block that was ended up being the injury to. Aaron Rodgers, um, but I thought all in all the Bills' defense looked good. I know they gave up some big runs. I know you know Brees Hall is one of the best backs in the league, and you know you, when you're having a first-time starter at middle linebacker, there's going to be mistakes. I expected things like that, but I thought all in all the defense looked really good. Pass coverage looked well. You can't really blame them too much for that touchdown because that was just a ridiculous catch by Garrett Wilson. I mean, he literally saved an interception and caught a touchdown all on the same play. Just incredible. unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, Your coverage wasn't get, bad. No, I mean it was. Trey White had the ball in his hands. That was a that was an interception for Trey White. Garrett Wilson just made a great play on the ball. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, you can't even get mad at that. So, in my opinion, 
I thought defense played good. A lot of bright spots. Matt Milano, big bright spot mm. for the defense. The the whole defensive line, huge bright spot for the defense. I thought the, the D-line looked really, really good. The D-line looked as advertised. Greg Rousseau looked like he is going to have another monster year this year. Um, you heard it here first. You know, uh, uh, Christian Benford, I thought, had a really good, quiet game. You didn't hear him call too much. I thought he had a really good game. Um, you know, Sean McDermott White. loved Christian Benford's hustle on the big run from Brees Hall. Christian mm-hmm. Benford caught him down. I don't know if you heard Sean McDermott uh, on Thursday here. Couldn't say enough. You know, Sean McDermott, if, you know, if he was the assignment editor at the newspaper, the lead story would be Christian Benford. That's the hustle every kid needs to see. Uh, he loved it. You know, it's a, that's a that, that's going to be something that I think these coaches especially appreciate, and that helps keep you on the field. Yeah, I thought Christian Benford had a uh, really, really good, um, really good drive there um, on, on multiple drives. I thought he played really, really well. I thought his pass break was really good. Um, pass breakups were really good. I thought his pass defense was really well. I thought he did really good in the run game. Um, you know, on the negative side, though, at defense, Nick, you know, one name who I don't think people are talking enough about is uh, Jordan Poyer. Uh, he took a really bad cut on the second Brees Hall run, which was that big 80-something yard run after the, the Josh Allen interception. Really bad angle on it, and that, that's what caused uh, um, Hall to, 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 to spring loose. I mean, it's just, I don't know what, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what Poirier was thinking. Yeah, there was uh, some time in the game where I was um, thinking Taylor Rapp's season playtime might be a little bit higher than we initially thought. I don't know. Um, he, was was for, he was in for that big run as well and, and missed a big big cut as well. He was, I think he was out of assignment or something like that, but I know he was part of one of the big runs that Brees Hall had and just looked out of position. Hmm. I mean, Rap, Rap played 18 snaps in this game. You think going forward he's getting more? Well, we'll say thir- it was 33%. You think he sees more or less than 33% going forward? I think it all depends what happens with Christian, um, not Christian Bedford, um, whatever happens with um, Bernard in the middle. Because I honestly think Bernard did not have a great game. I don't think he had a terrible game. I don't want to make it sound like I think he, you know, for his first time starting that it was – the worst game that he's that I've ever seen out of a middle linebacker in Buffalo because it's not. However, um, it was definitely not what I want to see out of my middle linebacker, and it definitely has me sitting here wondering what is Buffalo's plan for the rest of the year at that position because I don't know if Bernard is going to be the guy at middle linebacker for the rest of the year, and I'm really hoping we maybe get a, a Christian Kurtzy, uh, uh call up here soon. All right, let's go back to the defensive line. I mean, first of all, you mentioned the cut blocks. It was weird to me. Cut block generally means you want the guy to go down quick, and then you know the offensive linemen are taking themselves out of the play. That ball needs to come out quick. And I don't know if mm-hmm. Rodgers, you know, it's hard to see from the television angle. Was the guy covered? Did Rodgers kind of want to call up his own play and kind of freelance a little bit like he was doing at Green Bay? It was just, it was just weird that to see that. And if, if right, I mean. Was that not sticking out to you? Offensive lineman literally takes himself out of the play by going to the ground, trying to get the end down, 
and then Rodgers is just holding on to the ball, still looking around. I, that, I don't get that at all. Yeah, you know, I thought that was interesting because you see, the, again, the Floyd play, uh, the play two plays before that from Rousseau where he almost had the sack and, and, and brought Rodgers down in the backfield. Um, both those plays, they, again, both were cut blocks. The whole point, like you said, is the quarterback drops back, gets the ball out super quick um, because of the cut block. It helps bring the guy down, open up the lane. I believe there was coverage on both plays. I believe, but honestly, I, I think, if I if I remember correctly, both plays he was looking um, Christian Benford's way, hmm. and both those plays he was covered. By that point, by the time he got to his second read, he already had a guy in his face. Um, and I don't know if you saw the report this week, Nick, of from Aaron Rodgers saying that he did not like. He went to the coaching staff and said, "I don't like these cut blocks. Yeah, I don't want them." Funny how that immediately comes out, huh? Yeah, right, right. And I don't know if it's true. I don't know if someone's just trying to, you know, make a name for themselves with the story. But something that I found interesting because um, I, I I didn't notice it too much the rest of the game with. Zach Wilson, and now Zach Wilson's obviously a much different quarterback. You're dealing with a more mobile quarterback in Zach Wilson than a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, defensive line stood out to me the entire game, and we know that the Jets, that was a question mark for them, but I was I was pleased to see they got pressure, and they didn't really dial up too many blitzes. They were seeming to get home with four. Uh, I saw a chart this week. And it, was, it was from PFF. And they, they, they uh, put up a graph. And on one side is blitz percentage going up and down. And then across the x-axis, you just have pressure rate. And the Bills were third in pressure rate in week one behind Green Bay and Dallas. But uh, they're toward the bottom with one of the lower blitz rates. So that means their front four was getting home, was getting pressure. And that's what you love to see. Then Sean McDermott can get creative with the, with the rest of the players on the field. You know that's what he wants to do. He wants to disguise it a little bit. Um, yeah, Charlie, did you not hear here first? Gregory, so gonna have a huge season. You did say that last week. You did say that last week. I and I think he is. I, I honestly think he's gonna have a huge season. I think it's it's it was evident on Monday night. And I think when Von Miller gets back and you have you have him being able to stay fresh between Von rotating in, Leonard Floyd rotating in, and Rousseau rotating in, and these guys are staying fresh. Uh, throughout most of the game, I, I I'd be worried if I'm another uh, if I'm a quarterback sitting back there without a a good offense tackle. All right, uh, in regulation, Bills go up 16 points with Zach Wilson leading the team. I mean, is that that sounds positive to me? I mean, you you'd take 16 even with Zach Wilson, right? I mean, dude, I would take 16 even if Aaron Rodgers is back there. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's not the question. Of course, you take it with Aaron Rodgers back there. I'm saying even with Zach Wilson, 16 is pretty good. I mean, yeah, you, you, you're, you're up 16. Guess what? You should be winning a football game if Zach Wilson is the other quarterback. Yeah. So, listen, defense, I think, I think we're giving them mostly positive grades here. I don't know what, what number I'd put on it, but um, mostly positive here. And then – that means we got to talk about the offense next, Charlie. This is this is where the game was lost, and you get, there's well, a ton real, of ways real, we could go. Real quick, real quick, yep. before we go to offense, did you have anyone on the defense side, Nick, that you thought was maybe a weak link 
or, you know, obviously somewhere where you want to see some improvement from someone on the defense? Um, you know, middle linebacker, you, you want better play there. And I think Bills fans are going to realize through a little bit this year that Tremaine Edmonds you know, was, wasn't an all pro, but he was good. He was serviceable. He was huge. He was, he was a little bit more instinctive against the run, I think, than Terrell Bernard showed. Um, like you said, this is his first start. It's going to get better. Um, but man, it's such a discrepancy seeing him next to Matt Milano. And I got to tell you, I forgot a little bit over the offseason just having not seen Matt Milano be Matt Milano. That dude is so good. Like, that got to be yeah. one of the top players at his position in a long time. He shows up, smacks people. He makes the right read. He's there. He beats people to the punch. He gets off box. That guy is amazing. So, I think, you know, given that standard that's right next to him, everybody's going to look, you know, a little bit like, hey, how come they didn't get there sooner? How come they didn't, you know, wrap up and drive the guy backwards? How come they didn't? They met Milano almost killed Zach Wilson at one point. God, they don't do it. I'm like, who's their third quarterback? Oh, no, they don't have a third quarterback? Oh, what are they going to do? Yeah. Zach Wilson popped back up. But I'm like, holy cow, like Matt Milano, that was that was my main takeaway on defense, beside from uh, feeling good about Rousseau, was that dude is back, and I'm glad he's on the Bills. Milano also had a huge uh, run stuff. If you remember, he just hit the gap so fast, and all of a sudden he was in the backfield, and it was like a little sweet play to the left, and all of a sudden he threw through the hole and boom, you unbelievable. Know, when you see and people, the, the interception, the interception was a gift. Come on, I mean, look good it. job to get it. He got a fifteen-yard like, penalty afterwards, but he, you know, he kind of earned it on the return, and then which is one you have to. I, I I hate that rule that that rule in the NFL. It's such a stupid penalty to give, right? Like let the guys talk trash. Like he's not saying anything bad. Probably saying thanks for the gift, whatever he said, right? Um, but he, you know that fifteen yard penalty, Buffalo would have had the ball at the thirty five. They got the ball at the fifty. They kicked the field goal. You know that fifteen yard penalty was a fairly costly penalty, and not and it's so not Matt Milano to take because <laughs> he's such a quiet guy. He is. He really is. I, I think it's not a penalty that I feel like we've seen him take. Ever or that if you're gonna tell me someone's taken a penalty like that on the team, he's not the one that I'm that I'm gonna think of yeah. on defense. I love when they they put up the picture of the guys walking to the plane before game, and mm-hmm. you know Stefan Diggs is is you know the drip is is soaking wet over there. Okay, and then you got Josh <laughs> Allen looking like he's you know coming out of a Nike commercial, and then Matt Milano is our low maintenance king. Okay, this guy just wears you know they're high end, but they you know very simple colors patterns, and he just brings like one little like like not even not even a duffel bag like a like a tote, and it's there's hardly anything in it. It's like what is this man like doing? Like where he he needs nothing to be happy. He is self sufficient. He like it's like he's our low maintenance king, and I love that. I've also noticed he's a big fan of the shacket. Go on, it's a big shacket, shacket fan. It's a it's a, a shirt that you unbutton, but it's also a jacket. Seems to be a big shacket fan. Is that a real word? I don't know, but it is now. <laughs> but that it, it's it's a word that actually my my cousin gave me that word. I asked him. I said, "Oh, I like that shirt." He goes, "Oh, it's a shacket." I go, "That's a new word I'm going to use all the time." <laughs> big fan of the shacket. All right. Well. It's going to come in handy in Buffalo. 
That's right. That's right. Uh, so, Nick, as you were saying, on to the offense. Give me your thoughts first on the offense. And, uh, you know, I want everything. I want Josh Allen. I want run game. I want Ken Dorsey. Hmm. All right. Uh, the offense, uh, we learned Stefan Diggs is still elite. That guy is, is one out of one. There's one person like him on planet Earth, and we got him, and that's great. We saw that, uh, you know, these big plans we had for two tight ends are going to, you know, change the game. That didn't really come to fruition in week one. There was uh, also asterisk, of course, because there were some plays, if you're going back looking for where was Kincaid, Kincaid was open on some stuff, and Josh Allen chose not to or did not see him and did not get the ball there. So you got to talk about Josh Allen here. The interceptions... Three of them. The first one it was third and eight. It's basically an arm punt. The guy was down at the four. You can't even punt that well. Okay, that's the, that's like a great arm punt. I'm not mad about that one. Second one. Oh, wait, was, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. The first you're talking about the interception. The one on third and eight that was a deep ball. Yeah. You're not yeah. you're not mad about that interception. Um, I mean the fact that he had no one in front of him that he could have ran for that first down. Yeah, he would have had to, to close that one defender. I don't think so. I think he had that first down locked yeah, up. Yeah, there was a defender right out of where they cropped the photo. I mean, he would have had – and Josh Allen, I trust him to beat that guy. Yeah, he could He took a shot. I mean, I wasn't I totally know. mad about that one. Uh, to, to me, for all the bonehead times that he runs the ball, like that's the time you run the ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. You could tuck it around. I'm just saying, in, in general, it's third and eight. He throws literally 50 yards down the field, and right. it gets intercepted, and the guy's down on the four-yard line. That's that's just an arm punt, okay? If, if Say it falls incomplete or he's short, and then they punt. The punter, like, maybe can't even do that good, okay? Like, that, it, all things considered, wasn't terrible. The other two were bad, and the fumble was really bad. And... You know, we, we don't get into tons of X's and O's on here, but one thing that is a recurring problem with him is that when the offensive line gives up pressure, that gets to Josh Allen. And he seems to have trouble calming those nerves back down. And he, he stays in the high stress mode of, of oh my gosh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the heat. He's feeling pressure. And that's something to work on for him, like almost as a as a person, as much as a quarterback. Like when he is getting hit, and when he does have the rush in his face, and when they are getting home, he seems to still feel like every play is a scramble. And when teams are only blitzing four, sometimes the pocket is starting to set up, and he's and he's already bailing on it because he still feels the heat. And I think a lot of the issues we see with him come from feeling more pressure than is appropriate for the situation and maybe that means he's he's feeling the heat and not thinking there must be fewer defenders out there or not appropriately reading that or he's taking shots feeling like i am desperate and i need to make a play let's let's try this one and it's not working out yeah you know the one thing with josh allen nick and you talk about the pressure um yes i i agree with you right he he doesn't do a great job he, he starts to get sugar high, Josh, when there's pressure. And he starts to lose faith, faith very quickly in his offense, offensive line. But I, I saw a stat, and I can't find it. And I'm, I'm mad at myself. I thought I saved it on Twitter. But I saw a stat 
something like I, I think he only faced pressure twenty six percent of his dropbacks, hmm. and outside of that twenty six percent that that was caused by his offensive line, like there's also like an X percent that Josh Allen caused his own pressures, hmm. that he had a clean pocket and tried to get away or something like that, and he found the contact for the sack himself that it wasn't on the O-line, that it was on Josh Allen. It was, I want to say it was like 20-something percent, maybe maybe a little less than that, um, that Josh Allen more or less created his own pressure. Wow. Those are things that you got to work on as, as a quarterback. That Those are things that, you know, I, I think Dan Rolowski said it best the other day on, on his radio show um, or when he was on with Kay Adams. Um, you got to grow up, right? Like, those are some things that, okay, when you're a rookie, you can get away with those things. But if you're in the league five years, you're considered one of the most elite quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, did he have a Joe Burrow day? No. But he's not coming off an injury. He played in the preseason. He's relatively healthy. He told all of us that he's never been more focused on football than, mm. than he is right now. But then on top of that, he also said that he doesn't do anything in the offseason. So, you know, I feel like off-seasons past, we've seen videos of him with um, with Jordan Palmer, or, yeah, Jordan Palmer, mm-hmm. doing all that stuff with him. And I don't think we saw any videos this year of, of him with Jordan Palmer. What was he working? What, what was he doing in the off-season? And look, I get it. Manage your off-season. You do what you want to do. But if you want to win a Super Bowl, you can't just – expect to come into week one of the NFL season with little to no little to no um, you know preseason play and little to no offseason practice and expect to just step right in and be able to 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 do this I, I don't know I, I'm just I'm mind boggled by by some of the plays that he made mm-hmm. it wasn't even sugar high Josh Allen it was rookie Josh Allen mistakes. Rookie in what sense? Rookie as in I can do everything and I need to show my coaches and my teammates that I am willing to take unnecessary hits. I'm willing to take a hit. I want to show off my arm to everybody, that type of stuff, right? Where we just saw Josh Allen um, more or less just come out and – say screw it to the coaching staff and I'm going to do what I want to do mm. and I'm going to throw the ball 50 yards downfield because I can um, and, and, and that's where I put blame on Ken Dorsey uh, you know I know I was texting you saying I don't know how I feel about Dorsey I don't think his schemes were bad I don't think his play calls were bad because there was opportunities like you said where there were receivers open um yeah, let, let me hop in here. This, this yeah. is something that was was so frustrating to watch. Is that you, you? You know, you're talking about people saying he's got to grow up a little bit. You also got to learn to kind of read the room some of the time. They lost their quarterback on the first drive. You can't like this is not going to be a quarterback shootout anymore. You don't need to keep risking it and pushing the ball down the field. You kind of got to die another day take your win on the road and go home. This is Monday Night Football on the road in the season opener. They're juiced. They're jacked up. They got energy. And then, and I, 
you know, as sad as an injury is, that's an incredible turn of events for in your favor. Mm-hmm. And you got to learn how to take the advantage and kind of, you know, if you got to just run them out of time, that's okay. You take the win and get out of there. It's week one. You just put it, the win in the bank and you move on. You're not winning the MVP week one. He's trying to throw the ball in the spots it doesn't need to go. He's taking the extra hits. He's not sliding. He's, you know, it's just frustrating when it's like, why are you the second interception was second down? Why are you looking that deep when you have people underneath? Mm-hmm. You're in, you're basically a bordering field goal range. Like the, the lack of understanding of the situation in some of those was, was very just, just hard to understand. Every fan, like immediately, you know, of course you want to put up, you know, 100 points every week, but every fan immediately knows all we got to do is survive. We can, we can get the win here. We like, you're not really afraid of the Jets' offense coming back down. Do do enough to win. Don't mm. lose the game for yourself. And that seemed to not be anywhere in the thought process there. Well, you know, and I think this fan base wants to point fingers to a lot of people. I think the only one you can point a finger to after this game was Josh Allen. Now, look, did Ken Dorsey make some dumb play calls? Yes. Um, you know, they started the game so well and then all of a sudden fell apart. But, you know, the Bills had... Bills had 11 drives. So this is according to yards per pass. found this interesting. Bills had 11 drives on Monday night. Each drive, that's how each drive started. Plus seven yards to Stephon Diggs. Five-yard loss, false start. Two-yard loss for a Bosch RPO. Uh, Five-yard loss on a Delvin Cook run. Plus six yards on a Dalton Kincaid catch. Uh, loss of one yard to Cook. Uh, four yards to Hardy, four, six yards to Cook, the fumble, uh, seven-yard Josh Allen run, and then a five-yard fall start. Not great. Not things you want to see. There's a lot more negatives than positives in in those 11 drives, and those are not things you want to see from your offense. Um, do I think the play call needs to be better? Yes, however... I also want to see my quarterback come out and execute the game plan. I want to see my quarterback come out and take what the offense gives him. Go back to week one last year. What did we say on this podcast week after week one last year? Josh Allen probably played one of the best games that we've ever seen him play. And do you know why he did, Nick? Because he took what the defense was giving him. You know, he didn't try anything crazy, no stupid. I think the only interception he has had last year went off the receiver's hands. Uh, week one, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it wasn't even you know where we could sit down and say, oh, that was a bonehead interception Josh Allen took. No, he was taking what the defense were giving him. If he had to throw it short, he did. He was taking what was being schemed up, and he did that, in my opinion, for six and a half weeks last season. He was leading the MVP candidate talk for six and a half weeks last year. And then he hurt his elbow. No, even before that, the second half of the Green Bay game, something – inside Josh Allen's head changed. He started that that remember Buffalo was lost that second half against Green Bay. Josh Allen had two terrible interceptions, was trying to force the ball in places, and kind of had shades of what we saw, not as bad, but shades of what we saw on Monday night started to appear. And then obviously the Jets game, he did not have a great game against the Jets, hurt his elbow. I didn't think this game against Minnesota after that after that injury was too bad. Obviously there was the fumble at the end of the game that cost Buffalo the game, but 
you, you know, we never saw that explosive offense again. And everyone wants to put the blame on Dorsey. And, and rightfully so, right? He's your offensive coordinator. But how much of that blame going back do we need to put on Josh Allen for maybe not executing what exactly that game plan was? Yeah, that that's fair. And I think the, I guess the counter to your counter is, you know, the coordinator does more than call plays. He's, he's the coach. He's got to get these guys to do what they need to do. And if he's, well, for whatever reason, if it's not getting through to Josh Allen, maybe he just needs a different voice in there leading leading the offense because the stakes for this team are too high. And if it's not clicking, Josh Allen ain't going anywhere, okay? Somebody else, you know, you, you're going to exchange something else first before you, you move on from Josh Allen. So, if I mean, I as as the offense continues to, well, I shouldn't say as it continues, but say if it does continue to, to not – uh, fire on all cylinders, we'll say. Ken Dorsey's seat is going to get hotter, and it's doesn't nothing to do with bad play calls or anything. If the offense just isn't running, at some point you got to change something, and it's not going to be the quarterback. So what what's left? No, and, and that's my that's kind of where I was trying to go with this whole Ken Dorsey thing. Do I want to see my quarterback start to, you know, take what's given to him? Yes. But if he's going to continue to play this way and not take what's given to him and he's not going to listen to your coach, then it's no longer a quarterback issue at that point. It's a coaching issue. Is it a Joe Brady problem? Is it an issue because maybe he needs to have Ken Dorsey down on the field with him? I don't know. I do. do is Josh Allen going to be better if Ken Dorsey leaves? I don't know. Look at how much different it is night and day, in my opinion, the Josh Allen versus the Josh Allen under Brian Dable and the Josh Allen under Ken Dorsey. What did you make of uh, the camera shot of Sean McDermott kind of pointing at his head, talking to Josh Allen, saying, Be smart? <laughs> um, I think we all had that same thought. <laughs> uh, just glad that Coach was the one that came out and said it. I think we all had the same thought of. Josh, like, what are you doing? And then five plays later, he tries to hurdle the guy. That wasn't even hurdle. He just tried to like, like high jump him. I don't, I don't. Not get even that. close. Not even close to a first down. Like, just a complete, complete waste of whatever he was trying to do. Just completely stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was, I was thinking it, and Sean McDermott said it. Okay. So, you know, we do got to spin it positive a little bit. Uh, there, there were shades of the Minnesota game last year. No matter how bad it looked, no matter how dumb some of these decisions might have been, no matter how much fans were screaming at their televisions, the offense still somehow pieced it together and rallied for a, a tying field goal in the final seconds to force overtime. And you would think overtime should be 50-50, and they have not been able to pull that out. But, you know, you do st- – Still, you know, you gotta give a little bit of credit here, Charlie. Still figuring it out, still like overcoming the mess ups and getting it back to overtime. That's a little impressive. Are you willing to go there? Or are you still too upset? No, because the game should have never went to overtime. Your quarterback should not have had four turnovers. And and I want you to touch on the fumble because I know you're going to talk about that as well. But your quarterback yeah, the fumble, should have the had fumble, four, four turnovers. Yeah, the fumble's first down. Like that's another point where you kind of got to read the situation. If somebody. Peyton Manning drops a snap or like you just see just turtles on it and like the play's dead and you just try it again. It's first down. What do you, what are we trying to like pick up the ball and, and rush forward with it for? 
the ball mm-hmm. is so important and it, it seems it seems to to not exactly register with him like just how valuable possession of that is like do not put the ball in harm's way i'm not saying go be tyra taylor out there but like realize how important and how valuable possession of that thing is and don't put it in harm's way it's for, it was first down just fall on it and try again there's no it's need no like brainer. read the situation know who the quarterback you're going up against is all you got to do is not beat yourself okay and even even if he was going out there i'm going to i'm going to cement myself as the mvp front runner in you know with this performance and i'm ch- i'm going out chucking now look up the scoreboard and be like you know what i got to i got to throttle down real quick here cuz we might lose the game i got to stop i got to change mm-hmm. let's just make sure you know let's let's make sure we're uh the best way to win MVP is, is to win, have a good record. So don't lose on national television. No, and I mean, and you talk about being proud that they made it to overtime. And yeah, sure, that's great. But again, that game should never went to overtime. You take those turnovers away. I mean, especially that, that second turnover, that could have been a field goal. That could have been three points. Uh, maybe you're kicking for a win there. And I mean, Let's be honest, Nick. How fitting was it that for everything that that wild game was, that the kick to go to overtime goes doinking in? I know, but now you just said what you said before that, and you're having me picture a doink to win the game. That would be incredible. <laughs> I mean, a doink to win the game would have just been that much better. But I, I mean, think about it though. You're teasing you, us, you have, Charlie. You know, you 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 don't commit those turnovers. And it's a full, full Buffalo should have won that game at one point even. Hell, you know, they should have been up twenty one to three going into halftime. You know? That's fair. And they couldn't capitalize and close drives. Now look, I blame Sean McDermott for not going for it on that early fourth and two on the second drive. I think at that point you're you know, Aaron Rodgers already knocked out of the game. I'm not trusting Zach Wilson enough on that other sideline. I understand taking the points there. I understand you need three, do something to help your team, but it's third and it's fourth and two. You're you're inside the thirty. Go for it. There's no reason to feel over there. Go for it there. That could have been a touchdown, and we could have avoided this whole nonsense of losing to Zach Wilson. Only team, by the way, that Zach Wilson has beat twice. Oh my gosh, that's sad. So just add that to your. Yeah, your your frustration. Yeah, hey, uh, as long as we're just throwing out things that were upsetting to us. Uh, final drive of regulation. Bills, you know, they're, they're down a field goal, but you really want the touchdown to win the game. I thought it was a really soft pass interference call on Diggs. Oh I mean, my god! I mean, he it looked, you know, he's every receiver in the NFL. That, that's just how the play works. It's a back shoulder. He, I mean, the Bills were kind of marching at that point, and that penalty was it was a real killer. They could. Ended up having like saved themselves for a fifty-yard field goal. They, man, they could have just went down and marched and won the game. That was a tough call. That's a call that you know you don't see called ever. Yeah, offensive pi. Like, come on, you know. And and it wasn't even to me. You can call it what it was. Sure, if if that's what it was, great. But it was not a clear and obvious offensive pass interference to me. You know, it was definitely close. I don't even know if he fully extended that arm. No, he didn't. It almost seemed like the defender slipped, and, and the referee thought that that was, that was because of the push. I mean, it was yeah. 
I mean, by the way, Diggs and Allen kind of had Sauce Gardner's number. Just saying. I mean, Diggs had the first of all. How about after that first catch and he just stared right stared through him? Oh my gosh! That's just a, like stared guy, right guy, through him. All the junk people in national media like said about him in the off season. He just stares down Sauce Gardner. He's got all this hype around him. He's this top top prospect, top top draft pick. Didn't give up a touchdown in college. And Stefan did. They intentionally went at him on the first play of the mm-hmm. game. And Josh did. I mean, the coverage wasn't terrible. And Josh had to literally rifle it in there. Things kind of like it was no big deal and just, just stared right through his soul. It was incredible. No, I thought Sauce Gardner, if you want to talk about someone who didn't have a good game on the defensive side for the Jets, it would have been Sauce Gardner that I definitely would probably be, say it was maybe their weakest link of, of the New York Jets. Yeah, I'm trying to look up. I said halftime that I think the Bills were like four for four targeting Sauce Gardner. Yeah, I think they finished like four for six or something with with Diggs on or Gardner on Diggs or something. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it as we go through the pod. Uh, what else do you want to talk about on offense? Actually, here's what I want to talk about. How long did it take uh, fans to 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 realize one of their biggest concerns the whole offseason was? Can we get another? wide receiving weapon out here? Uh, and the answer was no. They said, hey, how about a tight end in the 20th, uh, so 20 was it, 20, in the end of the first round? Uh, and that's what they got. And immediately in the first game, I know you're playing a good defense, immediately in the first game, that that, that like that issue pops up immediately. Like, we didn't do it, dude. Did we need talented wide receivers out there? Like, no, no. I don't know if they're, how strong the interest was, but they didn't close the deal on anybody. And immediately that pops up. Like, what are, what are you thinking about that? Didn't did I see correctly that someone asked Sean McDermott about wide receiver two in a press conference this week, and he said we need that? Uh, he, I, yeah, I think that was uh, the day after the game. He some comment about they need more secondary production. I, it was not. It was not. I didn't. At least I didn't take it as any type of shot at Gabe Davis or anyone. I think it just meant yes, that is valuable for a football team to have. Well, that, that third interception that Josh Allen threw, you know, it, it was kind of a lazy route by Gabe Davis. The broadcast was, was not thrilled with that route. No, I thought it was a lazy route, but he's got such a limited route tree that, you know, un- unless he's really running that streak, man, like, what are you going to do with him? Um, you know, but he's that big body that they need. I, I mean, who, who on that team right now or even on the practice squad that that you would feel comfortable stepping in to be wide receiver too. Like Hardy's too small. Sherfield can't. He's also too small. You, do you think Buffalo goes out and makes a move for a, a you know a wide receiver too through the trade through trade? Because let's face it, you're I mean they, they could have had one all off season and they said no. We love Gabe Davis. We believe in him. So if somebody gets well, they tried to Hopkins. How hard though? I mean Hopkins said that he was. Not, I mean, look, he clearly went for the money over yeah. anything else. It was clearly all about money, and Buffalo was not going to get him to that money that um, Tennessee did. That's true. But, I mean, you know, they, they supposedly tried to go after Beckham, but, I mean, I don't know if I would feel comfortable paying Beckham that money coming off the surgery that he had at his age either. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But at the end of the day, they have to address it, and – let me let me give you this scenario. If Buffalo addresses one position 
midseason through trade, Ooh. would you rather see him bring in a wide receiver too or a middle linebacker? That's a good question. I mean, it's too soon to answer that. And you keep mentioning you want to see Christian Kirksey, and I think that they would definitely give that experiment to try before they went out and added somebody. That's a good question. I mean, the, the third thing you could say is do they need a right tackle? Do they need, you know, something on the line? Do they they need the line? They need better play from the line than they got. And I don't exactly know where that comes from yet. I thought Cyrus Torrance played well. Um, that's a good I question. I, I would, I would, uh, I would lean toward wide receiver on that question currently, but it is a good question. We'll readdress that near the trade deadline and see what your thoughts are. But look, at this point, I'm totally content with trading a first round pick away to go bring in some talent, hmm. you know, or multiple first round picks at this point. Like, I know the Bills are one of the older teams in the league, and I get that, but at the same time, like. Go and go and get talent. I don't care what it costs you. I mean, people. Just, I don't know how the the money would work, but people keep Tampa Bay. What are they doing out there? They got Baker Mayfield. They need. They got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Like, what are those guys available? Well, Mike Evans. He's going to free agency next year. Mike Mike Evans isn't even resigning long term in in Tampa. He he gave them the deadline of signing before the start of the season, and they said no. So he goes, okay, that's it. I'm going to go to free agency. So, you have a guy who clearly wants out. I, I do. I think one first round pick gets it done. No, do I? Well, do you think Kyrie Elam's in that talk? I mean, if I move Elam and a first round pick, I think that's a no brainer for Tampa. Hmm. I would do that. I, I would be. I as much look I up the cap. Keep trade, talking. As much as I don't want to see them trade Elam, because I do like Elam. I think Elam has a lot of potential. Um, but as much as I'd want to see them not trade Elam, I would be okay with that if you're going to bring in a guy like Mike Evans. Because what is one thing that this offense does not have? Size. You don't have a guy who, who can just use his size to outmuscle anyone. Now, look, I know Gabe Davis outmuscled some guys last year for the football, but it wasn't because of his size. He just literally was a grown man ripping the ball out of children's hands. But I want a guy who can literally just get up and catch the ball because he is just a monster of a human being. Now, I don't know how – I'm with you, though. I don't know how Mike Evans' contract would fit into what – Yeah, I'm looking right, – uh, his page is being slow to load here, but the Bills have very, very limited space. They would – I want to say they have like four and a half million. Um, they would, well, you know what they could do is, uh, restructure somebody in season and push some of their money out. They wouldn't have to necessarily trade someone back in the, in the trade, but, uh, Evans cap hit, let's see, what do they actually owe him? So the bonuses would be paid. His salary this season is 13 million. So, uh, it would just be the prorated how many games you get of 13 million, which is going to be pretty steep. Uh, they, they would have to basically extend someone in season and kind of push that out a little bit. So it's not impossible, but it, uh, it's hard. Maybe Josh Allen takes the uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers pay cut. The in-season pay cut. You are pushing it, I think. I'm, I was totally joking. Was not serious about that at all. I don't think Josh Allen would take a 
$38 million pay cut. Listen, as long as you're talking about stuff you're not serious about, do you even want to say that take that you texted me you were going to say on, on the show? Well, that I think I, Aaron Rodgers. I think I, you shouldn't even say it. I, I'm just telling I'll, you before, I'll, before I'll, it comes I'll out of your mouth. I'll because, because, because I'll back up why I'm saying it. Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodgers. Josh Listen, Allen is- pl- pl- plug your ears first here. This is, uh, we are warning this is not a, a <laughs> podcast-wide condone take. This is Charlie <laughs> going up deep, the deep end. <laughs> I'm not off the deep end yet. Um, the listeners yeah, can decide. I, <laughs> I messaged you and I said, and, and I hope we take this audio snippet and and post it because I'm totally fine with it being out there in, in all of what is the X world now. Um, but I, I, I think Josh Allen, with his regression that we've seen from him since the second half of Green Bay last year, I think we're starting to see shades of Carson Wentz. I mean, think about it. Nick Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate multiple years in a row, and all of a sudden, just completely lost it out of, out of nowhere. Like to the point that we've never seen a regression really so fast in my life. I've never seen a quarterback regress in literally a, one one half of football. Yep. Okay, we're done there. I'm I'm not hearing that. I disagree. Like no, just just big no all the way around for me. Sorry. Look, this week Why do you want change. that take out there? That you want to put that on X or on Twitter? You're like, you're like, yeah, let me put this. Let, let me get ripped That's apart. It, it's just, it's just my concerns. I don't do I do I hope he turns into Carson Wentz? Absolutely not. But that that is where my concern is starting to get with Josh Allen. That are we starting to see him? Has Josh Allen just completely plateaued? Have we seen the plateau of Josh Allen? And now we're quickly starting to see him become maybe what he always was? I, I don't know. And that's where the question to me comes up of, is Ken Dorsey the right guy for that job of offense coordinator? I mean, the thing that with Allen is that, and one of the things I think fans get so frustrated by is the fixes seem like easy fixes that regular people could understand. Regular people can't say, well, Carson Wentz, you know, isn't diagnosing pre-snap the way he needs to, and you know he's you know the hook zones are kind of sneaking up on people. Can say, hey, the dude underneath is open, just throw him the damn ball. Like that's <laughs> that's an easy fix. Hey, the, the rookie you just drafted is wide open for a first down. Maybe just just throw it to that guy instead of chucking forty yards downfield into double coverage. Like these these are mistakes that like regular people on their couch like can right, see, and Nick- that's part of why it's so frustrating. But okay, but how many times has he made these mistakes? It's not like it was just on Monday night. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's, uh, listen, my favorite, uh, the podcast favorite analogy here is Josh Allen is, is our favorite golden retriever. Okay. He's got the bazooka arm and he's, you know, if the golden, you know, you love the guy. He's such a good boy. He's got his own Instagram account. Uh, and once in a while, he like bites the kid in the neighborhood and you're like, oh, Oh, we just we just lost the game like that. Oh, everybody would have been a better quarterback on Monday night than Josh Allen was. Um, <laughs> I thought everybody was a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's playing quarterback now. He's everything, dude. I I never seen that one dog that I never seen a multi-sport athlete like that dog was. Wow, what, what would you call a wildcat if Airbud ran it? Wild wolf? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, we we're, we're done. We're done. We're we're here. So we're talking about Monday night and the Josh Allen loss, and just how frustrating it was. Nick, do you have like 
what games come to mind to you? Maybe give me like a list of like your top three or five um, games in the Josh Allen era that are just probably the most frustrating to you. Oh man, is this like a draft, or we just we're just ranking them here? No, I, I just want like your top three or five. I'll give you the mine, most. The I'm most frustrating. I mean, Minnesota has got to be number. Well, I take that back. There's a lot Minnesota's of games up there. Uh, okay, 13 seconds is is by far the, like that one's not on Josh Allen, but it's it's in the Josh Allen era, I guess. Minnesota mm-hmm. was was more directly caused by a Josh Allen mistake. So I'm not sure what uh, how, how I forget what? how you exactly asked me the question, but uh, those are far and away my top two. 13 seconds is like one of the worst losses in NFL history, and the Minnesota game, um, equally bad in terms of of just what the win percentage and like the outlook was. Like they should have just easily won a game, and then they turned it into a loss. Um, but given the stakes, I don't know how you can say anything other than 13 seconds. Do you do you really think that? Because I, I go back to that Minnesota game a lot because when I was there, um, and two, just the way they lost was just frustrating. But um, that fumble, yes, well, I understand it was Josh Allen that put the ball on the ground. I also think it was if Gabe Davis didn't push him. I don't think that it's a – maybe it's still a fumble, but I don't believe that it would be a fumble loss at that point because the play was to push Josh Allen out of the end zone, yada, yada, yada. And I think with your injured quarterback and his elbow and then he's getting pushed, that's what caused the lost fumble. That's just my opinion. Still frustrating game. Still on my list. Still on your list. Um, I mean, yeah, they were in their end zone. I mean, even if they don't lose the ball, then it's a safety. I think the play call is just absolutely stupid and out of the end zone too. But that's, I mean, I, I understood. I, I mean, I was thinking about QB sneak at that point. You're out, you're backed up on your one, but you, you have the ball. All you have to do is run the clock out and you win a game. They literally gave up. They just gave a touchdown away, and you're like, like, what about what? Where's the Tampa overtime game ranked for you? Hmm, that one's not as high for me because the Bills were so bad in the first half, but so electric in the second half that it kind of. Like it's just weird how your how your brain processes that. Like if they were lights out in the first half and then sucked in the second half and forced overtime, you'd say, "Wow, what a terrible game! I can't believe they lost." But then when it's the other way, it's like, "No, no, no! They made up for it. Like it's it's cool now. It's fixed." Um, mm-hmm. That second half was incredible. So that one, I mean, it was frustrating, but not. It doesn't really stand out to me in like the worst. I mean. The DeAndre Hopkins uh, Hail Murray game's got to be up there. That's right? definitely up there. I mean, and that's again, that's one that's not on Josh Allen, right? Like, that's not a Josh Allen. No, no, no. But Allen, I mean, I, 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 is that what you're? I, I thought you meant of no, the, no, no, of no. The, I mean, that's the whole era. Era, but, yeah. But no, I mean the whole era, right? But again, like that's, I, I, I look back at how many of these losses, though, like of these most like stupidest losses that the Bills have had, mm-hmm. right? How many of them can I sit down and say that, oh, that was a Josh Allen game? Maybe the first loss last year to the Jets, that right? The first loss to Zach, Zach Wilson, like that's yeah. up there. What about um, Jacksonville last year? Yeah, I was going to say the, the Jacksonville the Urban Meyer game. game. Yeah, the Urban Meyer game, that's up there. Um, I think Houston playoffs? Play, that's another one. Houston playoffs are up there. Like, you know, but then you look at the other list, right? You look at... 
um, when they got blown out by Tennessee, blown mm-hmm. out by Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, what about um, you, know, you got? You have the the about, big slip that Josh Allen had against Tennessee. Josh Allen played a great game and just slipped at the wrong time. And other than that, I thought he had a phenomenal game. What about the game, uh, the win game against the Patriots, where they ran almost every play? That's on that list too. Like that's just a frustrating game. But I don't put that one on Josh Allen. No, either. that one. Yeah, that one you know? stands out. The defense messing up is more what I remember there. Yes. What do you think about yeah. uh, the Miami game last year where it was it was so hot? You know, that game's frustrating just because I think Buffalo was the better team that day. And had not everyone, like, literally fallen. First of all, had high played, had um, Poyer played. I think you're looking at a totally different football game. I think Milano was out that game, too. I can't remember if Milano played, but Buffalo's pretty banged up on the defensive side of the ball pretty quickly last season, and had they had their full defense, I think Buffalo wins that game because I don't think that Tua outplayed Josh Allen by any means. I think Josh Allen had 300-plus yards passing. Just again, like play call that game was infuriating to me. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, like, you go through the, that list, Nick. I, yeah, I think 13 seconds for anyone you ask is by far the, the toughest loss that we've had under, under the Josh Allen era. Um, you know, to me, truthfully, like, number two is the Urban Meyer game because that was such a winnable game, and they just had no, no want to win that football game. Hmm. And, you know, if I'm going to round out the top three, I'm putting Monday, Monday's game is right there in the top three yeah. for me. It's one of the I'm, top I'm, three dumbest losses the Buffalo Bills have had. Neither of us have brought up the Bengals playoff loss last year. That one we feel is is they just got beat by a better team or they didn't have the juice after all they went through or what? Honestly, I I, I kind of chalk that one up as, hey, everything that went wrong last year, everything that happened last year, um, they just ran out of it. They just were mentally drained and... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of put an asterisk next to, next to that one. Okay. Uh, Houston, I mean, the Houston game, that was such like a ludicrous game, like just absolutely insane. And, you know, it's, it's almost like that was before Josh Allen became Josh Allen. But that's the Josh Allen that I saw Monday night was the Josh Allen from, the, from that Houston game. Hmm. I don't, you know... The, the Josh Allen that we saw that season when the Bills played Houston, like that's the Josh Allen that I feel like we we were getting on Monday. Mm-hmm. Which is also why it was so frustrating because it was like looking at a, 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 a time machine and looking back in time and watching him in that game all over again and just doing stupid things. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, he lateraled the ball as well on Monday night, but it was complete this time, and I think it was a first down. <laughs> that was an incredible play. Which, by the way, why is that not floating all over the NFL site? Uh, I, I literally tweeted, if Patrick Mahomes did what Josh Allen just did, we would see it on loop for like a month straight. It would be the greatest throw that he's ever had. And look at how great he is. Okay, great. Um, listen, listen as, as we spin this forward here, I got to tell you something. I think the Bills kick the crap out of the Raiders this week. 
I'm glad we're moving on to positive things, Nick, because I'm tired of talking negative. Listen, um, the, the, the Raiders, like, playing the Jets' defense is, is going uphill, climbing a mountain. The Raiders are not the Jets. Yes, but you still have Max Crosby against Spencer Brown. Okay, he's good. I mean, everybody in the NFL has got somebody who's good. That's fine, but he's going up against Spencer Brown. <laughs> like, so maybe that's they're going to need a running back to stay in there and chip this week. I don't know. Maybe they just – I don't know. I think you, you have a an eligible receiver as your offensive lineman full-time and you just double-team. Although, hats off to Osiris Torrance. I thought he played a really good game on the offensive side of the ball last week. Hopefully we see that again this week. Um, but you talk about the about the Raiders. They have a really good run offense. They have a really good running back in Josh Jacobs. And where has Buffalo seemed to struggle for years past, unless they tried to fix it, is the run game. I really want to see a huge game from this run defense and really want to see this run defense um, not give up those 80-yard-plus runs to a running back. Because, <laughs> is that good? Jo- jo- I mean, look, jo- Josh Jacobs – might be the one who, instead of an 80-yard run, he's scoring a touchdown, right? He might not run out of juice. He's not coming off an ACL injury like Brees Hall was, right? He's, he's healthy. He took some extra time off this summer and was sitting on the beach and enjoying his, his time away from the team until he got his contract signed. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, what does Buffalo decide? To, if Buffalo can stop the run, I think Buffalo wins the game because Jacoby Myers is also out hurt, so... You know, I think Trey White versus Devontae Adams fine, but they need to uh, um, they need to stop the run game. Yeah, listen, they got some weapons over there. I don't know that I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I, the Raiders' defense is, is significantly less scary to me than the Jets, and I think I think listen, Josh Allen's going to be on good behavior this week. Okay. He knows what he did on national television. He went in the press conference and said, "We lost because of me." This this, this is this is like like listen like the kid who the kid who acts up in school like he just got talked to again. He's gonna be better this week. He's got a nice one p.m. home game. I think the offense bounces back here. I'm not ready to to sound the alarm yet. I think Josh just needs to start doing what is given to him. Stop trying to play hero ball. Take what the offense has given you. Take what the defense has given you. I'm sorry. And just play your game and be smart, man. Like, smart Josh Allen is a scary Josh Allen. That's fair. I mean, and this is where I think the coordinator can help him a lot. Get him some easy ones early. Get the, like, get some ball come out quick. Don't, like, don't, don't make him feel like he's, he's got time to sit back there if you think he's going to overthink it and try to take a shot here. Call some quick well, stuff. Let me ask you this. You talk about the coordinator. Where does the quarterback coach step in? We're all talking about Ken Dorsey. Where does Joe Brady step in here? He's the quarterback's coach. Sure. He. I mean, well. He's the one on the sidelines. He's yeah. the one that sits down and looks at the iPad with Josh Allen. That's Where does fair. Joe I mean, Brady the, step That's in like play? an internal coaching thing here, but I think people, people are – People want to talk about the guy calling the plays. And if do things get better if Dorsey leaves, I think it's a no-brainer that it goes to Joe Brady as your OC. Do things get better with Joe Brady? It's hard to say from the outside. You know, you're midseason. How how much you change your offense midseason? Uh, you, you don't. I mean, if they if 
I, I'm not saying this should happen, but if they were to fire someone mid-season, like the the inst- it's already installed. Like you, you would have someone else running their version of the previous coordinator's scheme. Do you know what I hope we see more of this week is Stefan Diggs in motion. Diggs in motion. I thought when Diggs got in motion and you got Diggs into the slot in motion, um, he looked really, really good. I mean, it it almost seemed like you didn't need that because the Jets' corners don't travel. They stay on their same side. So if you just want them matched up, all you got to do is flip them over there, and then he's got the matchup you want. Right. But not even that. I just thought Diggs out of the slot, he was – you know, with with how quick Diggs is with his first step and how quick he is able to get open you know, on a quick slant over the middle, whatever it is, I think Diggs in the slot could really help Josh Allen. And I want to see him get the ball more to Dalton Kincaid. Use the middle of the field. Yeah. I felt like everything to Dalton Kincaid was, uh, you know, outside the hash marks. Um, use that middle of the field. I really want to see Dalton Kincaid be what Cole Beasley was years ago. Listen, Gabe Davis plus Dalton Kincaid targets need to go way up. They had eight combined targets in week one. They need to get way higher. Knox, Kincaid, Davis, four targets each. That's 12. Those guys need to combine for definitely over 15, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, but I'm okay if Gabe Davis doesn't get any targets. Trent Sheerfield, I would like to see get some targets. Uh, he had zero targets last week. Indeed. And and you know what? The other thing I thought they did well in the first half is they got Deontay Hardy involved, and all of a sudden they took him. They stopped using him. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Did, did you say, I hear you say you want fewer, you don't want Gabe involved? I don't care if Gabe Davis gets the ball anymore. I don't. Listen, I'm over listen, him. Char, listen. I'm past Gabe Davis. The Bills no, need to make that. a WR2 happen, okay? They need to make Fetch happen. They need to make him Fetch, you had, okay? Yeah. <laughs> You have your WR2. His name and is Dalton Kincaid. You drafted him in the first round. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. He's not going to line up. He's not going to line up outside, though. You need, you need some sort of – like, Stefan Diggs gets a lot of attention. You need – like, there should be chances for the guy on the other side. Who's wide receiver one in Kansas City, Nick? Uh, they lost last week because WR1 had the ball go through his hands four times. Well, who's – who? Kadarius Tony. Kelsey. It's Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Okay, he's, he's, he's option one. one. He's he's read number one. Stephon Diggs can be read number one. I want read number two being anyone but Gabe Davis at this point, unless he's running a really good route. Because that lazy route running that he's been doing or had, did last week needs to also needs to improve. You want to talk about Josh Allen needing to, needing to improve? I need to see Gabe Davis improve. I need to see more from Gabe Davis this week. I'm with you, right? And one way to do that is get more targets, get more catches. That's fine and dandy. But I need to see a Gabe Davis that we saw two years ago. Because even last year's Gabe Davis, we didn't see a great Gabe Davis. I need to see a, a Gabe Davis from two years ago that was hungry, that ran good routes, that was open, a lot of toe drag swag, made his quarterback look good. That's the Gabe Davis I want to see. And if I, I don't mean, see I that, mean, I, 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 I would pay your rhythm for, for, for Mike Evans. <laughs> I don't think Gabe had any egregious drops or like hugely negative plays like we've seen in the past. I think the looks just didn't come his way. And the broadcast was, you know, picked on his route on the interception, but it was also a great play from Jordan Whitehead. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't have the all twenty two. I didn't go and like watch any of the all twenty two stuff as far as like, hey, let me just watch Gabe Davis every play. It's hard enough to see on the TV as to what's going on there, but you know, there's a reason why Gabe Davis kind of took a step back last year, right? Like we didn't see that same Gabe Davis last year, and I thought we were going to get really, really big things from Davis, and to not get those big things from him in week one was frustrating. I know uh, ESPN had him ranked so low in fantasy, and I took him constantly. I'm like, he's going to bounce back. He's got it. His offense is too electric. Still holding on to hope. Yeah, I missed out on Diggs, and I took Davis thinking that I'd be okay and and not being able to uh, – um, I, I was thoroughly disappointed in what I got from him. All right, Charlie, let me hear your, your score prediction for this week. 51-3. to three. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, every time we play the Raiders, that, that, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, no, I think it's going to be maybe – I don't think it's going to be a blowout, Nick. I know you have them you know, blowing out the Raiders. I don't think it's a blowout. I think this game is going to kind of come – I don't want to say that be like last week because I don't want it to be like last week. But it's going to be a little bit closer than what I think people are giving them credits for. I think the over-under for the game is 47. Uh, I think we hit the over – on the 47, I think Buffalo wins 31 to 24. You're giving the Raiders 24. Okay. Mm hmm. Only, only, only because of Josh Jacobs. All right. I'm going to go Bills 27 17. Okay. Uh, you know, take I, it the under. Take, uh, is, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a bounce back game. I don't, you know, if, if they they were not firing on all cylinders, I don't I don't think they're putting up forty this week. Although, no, no, I'm sorry, you're taking the over. My bad. Forty two is the line over under. You're taking forty four. So sorry, Matt. Ah, not okay. good at this late at night. All right, all right. I mean, I, I predicted a lot of scoring last week, and then um, that was on the podcast. And I texted you on game day and said, you know, now that it's here, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a real low scoring game. Uh, so you missed that one on the podcast, but uh, I'm gonna we're gonna go in the middle here, twenty-seven seventeen. Okay, okay. So, is it a comfortable twenty-seven seventeen, or is it a shit? Yeah, Bills. Score? Listen, Bills home opener against a much less lower regarded defense against Jimmy Garoppolo. This should be a comfortable twenty-seven seventeen victory. No last drive touchdown that you need to go up 10. Like, you're up 10 taking a knee on your final drive of the game. I'm liking what, what you're saying here, Charlie. Okay. Okay. No, I mean, look, I think, look, I, I said what I said about the score. I think I think it stays a little bit tighter. Um, and look, it's not going to be a last-minute touchdown for Buffalo, but I think it's going to be a little bit tighter of a game I'm just excited to see what Josh Allen we get in this game. Yes. What, um, what Josh Allen do we see? Do we see the Josh Allen that we saw for six and a half weeks in 2023? Or do we see Josh Allen of 2024 that we've seen so far? Because we see 2024 wow, you're Josh Allen. Future Josh Allen here. What? He said 2024. I'm sorry. Josh Allen that we saw of 2022 or Josh Allen that we've seen of 2023 so far? Charlie has seen the future, and it is good. 
Look, if we see future from what Madden has shown me Josh Allen could be in 2024, I wouldn't mind seeing 2024 Josh Allen. All right, I'm, I'm saying what I want to see this week is, is this should be a game when the Bills are ahead entering the fourth quarter and we need to see Josh Allen put a game away. All right, we, you know, the fourth quarter comes around. It's about holding on to the lead and running out the clock some of the time. Protect the ball. Keep it simple. End the game with the win. I want to be able to go into my kitchen in the fourth quarter and be able to start making dinner because I'm not stressed out about the game. That's where I want to be on Sunday at 3.45. This is this In my is, kitchen starting dinner. That is uh, my request. Kids, this is what 30 looks like, okay? Yeah, 33, thank you very much. <laughs> if anyone from Bill's Mafia or from, from the Buffalo Bills is listening to me, make that happen. Let me start my dinner, start, start making dinner at 3.45. That's all I want. That's all I want. That that's. I don't know. That th- this team just needs to not suck like they did last week on offense. I need the one of the. I, I think all of Bills Mafia needs to see. The explosive offense that we saw for six and a half weeks last year, and if we don't see that explosive offense, I'm starting to really get concerned about what Ken Dorsey's future could be like in Buffalo. Well, all right. After after the Raiders, then it's at Commanders, home against Miami, home against Jacksonville. So this is what I we're mean, talking about. Easily go three and two. I mean, you you have they should be they should be heavily favored this week and next week, and then you get some tougher opponents. So it's gonna they have a little bit of a cushion here, and the schedule really starts to pick up. Yeah, I think you know, and don't forget Jacksonville's all over in London as well. So. That'll be an interesting uh, trip. Uh, I believe. Are you going to London, Nick? Uh, I'm not, but I, I own a ticket. If you want to buy it off me, Charlie, I'm I am not going. I have, after what I saw on Monday, I have decided I'm not going to be investing in this team until I start seeing better quarterback play. Ah, or or until the game in Miami in January. <laughs> If that game is expensive enough, but Nick, right, you want to get a yeah? But, but before we get out of here, I want to say one thing. Uh, there was a former former Bill, former NFL receiver Mike Williams, Buffalo native, uh, died this week on Tuesday. Uh, he had a workplace accident down in Tampa where he was living, uh, and then had some complications from that. So that was that's a sad story out there. Um, proud of the work we did on that uh, over at WIPB.com. And I gotta give a shout out to my colleague Jonah Brownstein. He he's the most sourced uh, local reporter I think I think in the market right now, and I think that showed through in some of the coverage uh, on Mike Williams and his his remembrance piece up there. Where he has he has quotes from from tons of people that, who name on Roosevelt, who guys who played against Mike Williams, all the way to um, a college basketball coach who wanted Mike to to play basketball for him and, and was proud that he was the first guy to ever offer him an athletic scholarship. So uh, Mike Williams died, died at 36. That's sad news. He, he's uh, he made it out of Buffalo and that that's a point that, that his contemporaries, his teammates, his competitors were eager to drive home is that, you know what? He might've been the same draft class as Robert Gronkowski. You know, he's, you know, the, there's, there have been other athletes from Buffalo who were amazing or from from 
Western New York who are amazing. Uh, but they, they really wanted to point out he, he made it from inner city Buffalo and, uh, it's just, it's sad, but uh, incredible talent. I, I didn't know this. I learned he all, not only did he play football at Syracuse, he also at one point walked on the basketball team at Syracuse. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Just a, just an incredible talent there. And uh, we miss him. He's gone too soon. Yeah, you know, it was definitely a, a sad story and kind of how everything got started with Portsmouth dying right away and, and obviously everything that happened in the week to follow. But, uh, Nick, I, I have read everything that you guys have posted and, you know, great writing by both you and Jonah this past week with everything uh, going on. I have, uh, you know, definitely learned a lot more about him, a lot more of, of how people felt about him in the area as well. Um, just, just, just sad story altogether. I think I saw a story from his agent that he put out about his, you know when he was on life support his daughter walked in the room and they could see him just start crying and his daughter walked in the room like there's just so many sad stories coming out from the hospital and and all that and when they took him off life support he was breathing on his own i think everyone thought things were going to be okay and obviously unfortunately took a turn uh turn for the worse on tuesday but yeah, you know, I, you know, I do. his mother told me actually that those were his wishes. He had signed the papers ahead of time. If he he did not want to be, uh, he did not want to live if that was going to be his quality of life. And she said that it wasn't even my call when he was when he was in the NFL. He had already signed the papers, uh, mm -hmm. and that was uh, according to her. The, his wishes were that they pull the plug. Actually, so he was he was still breathing after that had happened, but uh, the. Uh, optimism was, was was tempered. It's a sad story all around. Just a you know a great NFL talent that was gone too soon. Glad to say that he played for the Buffalo Bills. Got to play for his hometown team because um, he was a force at Syracuse. And when he went to Tampa, I got I got pretty scared with him going to Tampa. But he was definitely a force at Syracuse. Definitely a name that you can can mention around the you know that university, that football program, and you can definitely credit him for a lot of a lot of the great things that have, uh, uh, you know, come out of Syracuse, one of the best players to come out of Syracuse football. He made the all-rookie team. He had 11 touchdowns in his rookie season. He was a hell of a football player, man. I mean, he I think injuries just kind of caught up to him pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, on, on that note, you want to give a quick shout-out to the sponsors, and we'll – Hey, thank you to our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab. If you want to feel better, you want to perform better, you want to lift harder, you want to run faster, Charlie, rec hockey season is starting back up, okay? You want you, okay? I see you're laughing. You know how your legs are going to feel the first couple of weeks if you haven't been training. Get into Ethos Performance Rehab. Now is the time. Uh, if you want to, you know, he's, they got high school athletes. If you, you know, it's time if you if you need a little extra push if if the co competitors really train pretty hard over the off season you need that extra edge get into ethos performance rehab tell dr matt and dr zach that the process sent you nick up north it might be rec hockey season down here in the south it is golf season so therefore my back will be taking a beating that's not really a season we have up here golf. No, you guys have golf season in the summer. We have golf season in the fall because it's much more enjoyable. Yeah, to we play got golf like, like there's like you know two months that are nice away. for golf here. Exactly, exactly. But looking forward to uh, probably working with Doctor Matt again. I do work with Doctor Matt often over the phone, and he helps get me 
back in shape when I pull a muscle or something playing kickball. So, uh, you know, Tatra Matt is great. Uh, I'm sure he's even better in person than what he is over the phone. So give, give our friends at Ethos a call and let them know the process sent you. Uh, all you right. Pull the well. muscle with that reach for your Nick Foles take. Ooh. We'll see. Look, I and it wasn't Nick Foles. It was Carson Wentz. Thank you. Couldn't even get it oh, right. Oh, you know what? Okay. You, you just ruined it for yourself. Couldn't even get it right. Um, we appreciate everyone tuning in this week. If you want to follow Nick on, on X, you can follow Nick at Nick Veronica. I still call it Twitter. I have not updated my app. I don't want to see that X on my phone. I still got the tweet bird. I mean, I still call it Twitter, but, you know, I guess everything is saying on X, formerly known as Twitter. Stupid. So if you want to follow Nick on X, formerly known as Twitter, you can follow him at Nick Veronica on Facebook at by Nick Veronica. If you want to read some of the articles that him and Jonah did uh, on Mike Williams, those are up at WIVB.com. There's some, some probably, in my opinion, some of Nick's best writing that I've seen him do in a, in a while. Uh, so please go check those out. I would appreciate it. I know Nick would appreciate it. So uh, check those out as well. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Chawit68, Follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore Process Pod. Uh, and you can probably hear my dog here digging into the carpet for some reason in the background. So I'm going to apologize to everyone <laughs> for that one. Uh, but you can follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore Process Pod. Um, go Bills. Bounce back week this week, Nick. I'm hoping. Um, we'll Feel good. Feel good about it. But hey, Nick, no matter what happens... Remember to always trust the process.